on today's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. Everything we put into our body creates a chemical reaction in our body. And in my opinion, you're either eating things that really cleanse your body or clog your body. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Real Foodology Podcast, where I'm just trying to bring us back to real, true health. That means prioritizing real food, getting good sleep, getting exercise, getting out in nature every day, getting sun and vitamin D from the sunlight, and just prioritizing our health so that we can feel good in our bodies. And in today's episode, we talk all about how you can do that. More specifically, we dive into real food and food as medicine and just what we need to be doing to really prioritize our health and how we should be eating. We dive a little bit into GMOs or better known as genetically modified organisms, which were introduced into the food supply without any studies of the effects on the human body. And still to this day, companies are not required to label or disclose when they use genetically modified foods in their foods and in their products. So the only way to know whether or not you're consuming GMOs is to either purchase certified non-GMO foods or to buy organic because by law, organic food is not allowed to contain any genetically modified food. Today's guest is such an inspiring woman. Her name is Nika Pasquale, and she and I just related on so many different levels. I really enjoyed this conversation. She is actually the founder of Urban Remedy, which started out as something that she was cooking out of commercial kitchens for friends and clients, and eventually she turned it into a shop where she sells certified organic smoothies and juices and prepared foods. All of her food is incredible, by the way. And she has since expanded to stores across the nation and also many different healthy retailers. So like Whole Foods, if you're an avid shopper at Whole Foods, you will probably recognize the little kiosks that she has where it shows all of her juices and her smoothies and her prepared foods. I buy her salads pretty often when I go to Whole Foods and also her low sugar green juices are some of my favorite green juices on the market. They are so good and they're all organic which I love because I can really trust that everything that comes from her is 100% organic, which means that I am reducing my exposure to toxic pesticides like glyphosate. I'll link in the show notes where you can find her, where you can find Urban Remedy. Maybe hopefully there's a shop nearby you in your city. And I hope you guys will check them out. As always, if you are enjoying the podcast, if you could leave a five-star rating and a review, it would mean so much. It really, really helps the show. Thanks so much, guys. Let's get to the episode. Do you guys follow me on Instagram? If you don't, it's at Real Foodology. If you do, then you are aware of my love for Organifi. I drink their green juice and their red juice every single morning. I call it my organic reds and greens. I drink a green juice every single morning just for, for the health of it, for my health. But I used to juice all my vegetables. Long gone are those days that I would have to buy all the veggies juice them every day, then have to clean the juicer and start it all over again the next day. It was such a mess. Don't get me wrong. It's worth it. And if you do it, I'm here for it. And I love that. But it was kind of a lot for me just because I don't really have a lot of time to do that anymore. So enter Organifi green juice and red juice. I love mixing these together because the red juice, in my opinion, tastes a little bit better because it's just more of like a fruity, um, like raspberry, strawberry, blueberry kind of vibe. It also has pomegranate and acai in it. So I mix the two together so that it tastes less like a green juice and it tastes more like a fruity, um, yeah, like a raspberry kind of juice. And then what's great about it is that you're getting all the health benefits of all of the greens and the green juice, plus all of the antioxidants and the natural energy 
from the red juice. There's no caffeine in the red juice. You just get energy naturally from some of the ingredients in there, like the Siberian ginseng. And there's red beet in there as well, cordyceps and rhodiola, which all help to support uh, energy in the body. As always, I love to point this out. My favorite thing about Organifi is that it's USDA organic and it's glyphosate residue free. Glyphosate is a pesticide that is used on non-organic food, but it's also showing up in organic food now. And the World Health Organization recognizes it as something that contributes to cancer. So it's something that we definitely do not want in our bodies. And I love that Organifi makes sure that all of their products are glyphosate free. This is huge. So they gave me a code to share with you guys. The code is RealFoodology, and you are going to save 20% off at checkout. So make sure that you go to Organifi.com slash RealFoodology, and then also use the code RealFoodology, and you're going to get 20% off. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash RealFoodology. I hope you guys enjoy. Okay, Mika, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm very, very excited to be talking to you today. I was reading your bio and I was like, oh, we're interested in all of the same things. I know. I feel like we're we're already connected and we're just now connecting, which is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. So I'm so glad that we finally get to connect. Um, so before we get started, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about what you do and kind of how you got started? Yeah. So um, I'm an acupuncturist by trade. So I've been an acupuncturist for many, many years. And um, the way that I started, I'm assuming you're asking about Urban Remedy. So um, the way that I started Urban Remedy was very much by accident. I um, I love food and I love cooking. I'm half Italian and half Jewish. So I've always been, I started cooking at a very young age. And when I was in acupuncture school, I started studying um, food is healing, the food is medicine um, part of Chinese medicine, which is a really foundational piece of the medicine, and started learning about the um, healing benefits of food. And in Chinese medicine, just like we have an herbal materia medica, there's a food materia medica because every food has a taste and a temperature and an organ it's associated with and a healing property. And so I was so excited to start learning about food in that way because as somebody who loves to cook, I was like, God, I could make like these PMS cookies with herbs or I could make these like, you know, healing chicken soup and things like that. So I started kind of doing those things and, you know, taking extra classes in the food part. Um, And then I eventually started my practice. And when I started my practice, um, well, probably like two or three years into my practice, once I I kind of got it going, I started treating a lot of people that had a lot of chronic inflammatory disorders like prediabetes, lupus, arthritis, uh, things like that, and really was started really connecting the dots on um, our diet and inflammation. And at that point, I was also taking a lot of, I was really lucky I got to study with Dr. Robert Marshall, who started Premier Research Labs, and he was a huge influence in my life. Um, and so I started, um, learning more about like the energetics of food beyond Chinese medicine, meaning, um, you know, you can buy, you know, blueberries, like regular blueberries, and they still have a lot of antioxidants they are good for you, but then you could get organic blueberries and then you could get like organic, beyond organic blueberries and just how, when things are grown in the sunshine and clean soil, um, with regenerative farming, the energetics of those foods are so much higher and it really raises the frequency of the body and the body's capacity to heal. And so that was super fascinating to me. And then I started doing retreats with my patients where I started taking people away 
for five whole days and doing um, all live raw food, juicing and detoxification treatments like infrared sauna and foot baths and yoga and meditation and intention work and stuff like that. And really, um, you know, after my first retreat that I did, I saw people have an 80% reduction in pain, people feeling like they had more energy than they've ever had. And it kind of blew my mind that like in that short amount of time, people could have that much of a change in, you know, like their pain or their energy levels. So that's what, that's kind of like how it started. And then it's a longer story, but you know, I started doing that more and more and um, people started wanting the food that I was making more and more. So I kind of started doing that on the side and then probably like a year or two later, that's how Urban Remedy was born. I was like, I could have a full acupuncture practice. And then on top of it, I was like going to commercial kitchens twice a week making the foods and juices and selling it locally. And then it just like grew and grew and grew into San Francisco. And, and then eventually um, I stopped. It was funny because um, the night that I opened, I started, I was having a little party for my Urban Remedy website. And it was just like a side thing. And that night I actually found out I was pregnant with my son. And so it's just a really interesting story. Cause like the night I was birthing my urban remedy, I also found out I was pregnant with him. And so it's just been kind of a crazy journey, but yeah. So then I stopped my acupuncture practice and then started doing urban remedy full time. And really just honestly, I got my first location, which was in, in San Rafael. It's still there. And people, it's, it's not the best location and people come in and be like, Oh, good luck. Like, I don't know if people are going to come in here. And I was so nervous and, you know, I thought I was going to be the place for like, you know, Marin hippie weirdos like me. And, and it was just within six months, we like outgrew that kitchen. And so ever since then, it's just been growing and growing. And I never in my wildest dreams thought, you know, we'd be national and, and kind of had the growth that we've had. Yeah. So that's how it started. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I was telling you before we started recording, I'm such a huge fan of Urban Remedy. I've been buying your juices and drinks for years, and I love that we can find them at Whole Foods Yeah, thank you so much. It's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, it's so cool to have seen how much you've grown. I remember, um, so I used to travel for work, and every time we were in San Francisco, we would always make a point to go to Urban Remedy before you had any in LA, and so I was so excited when you opened stuff in LA, too. It was cool. Yeah, I, I can't believe it. Sometimes I'll go into Whole Foods and I'll look and see our kiosk and I, I can't even believe it. I'm like, I can't even believe we're here. I still can't believe I'm still like, how did this happen? Um, but yeah, it's very exciting. It's really yeah, that's awesome. So I read that you were initially pre-med. So how did you go from pre-med to this um, realization that food is medicine and really started to like treat your patients with food? Yeah, you know, I was always really interested in healing. And so... Um, I, you know, my parents were total hippies when I was growing up, when I was little, we lived off the land with no electricity. So I kind of grew up being exposed to a lot of different, um, kinds of healers and things like my mom was always interested in that stuff. So I was exposed to a lot of that. And I have, you know, I think at heart, I am a healer and that's kind of my real passion and calling. And so at the time when I was going to school, I did my pre-med and I was going to go to naturopathic medicine school. And then in California at that time, it was actually illegal um, to, you couldn't get licensed as a naturopath. And so I, I that. Yeah. yeah. And so I chose Chinese medicine because in California, you are a primary care physician as an acupuncturist. So I was actually really interested in alternative cancer therapies many, many years ago before I started school. And um, I realized that as an acupuncturist, you could actually do a lot of the treatments 
But once I became an acupuncturist, I real you know that I delved deeper into like the standard of care and really, there you actually can't no no doctors can really do a lot of alternative treatments when it comes to cancer. But um, but that's how I started studying. That's why I started studying functional medicine such a long time ago because I was always really interested in like detoxification and you know how the body works and optimizing um, the your health. Um, and that was a long, that was a, that was got a really long time ago before functional medicine became so popular. So I also got to study with like Robert Bland who started, um, Metagenics many years ago. And so it was, it was really fun to be a part of that when I was all kind of just starting. That is really cool. I know. I feel like that era was a very exciting time for this whole movement of real food yeah. and organic and not to say that it's not now, but, um, I, you know, I don't know if you feel this way, but I felt like there's a little bit of a different energy in, around it now because it, it kind of feels like people are less receptive maybe just because I, I don't know if we're like so indoctrinated into this like big food and there's so much like um, it, at least in my experience I feel like there's kind of this like animosity and pushback now a little bit to like the organic and clean movement. There is yeah and I think people get really confused about like organic, especially with the non-GMO certification. A lot of people think, oh, if it's non-GMO certified, it's probably clean. And there's a lot of like, you know, confusion. And I think that in, you know, what's happening right now with COVID, obviously, um, there's just like this real division on um how to be, you know, as healthy as you can be without, you know, talking about that, but actually we're not talking about COVID or we're not talking about a treatment, but just like really promoting true health. And so there's been a lot of like squashing of health information because of the, in my opinion, the pharmaceutical companies. Um, But that's something I'm really passionate about is really innate healing and the body's capacity to heal itself when you give it what it needs. And so um, that's something I love talking about too. Yeah. Well, and this is why I'm so glad that we're connecting because you and I are very similar in that way. Um, You know, I mean, I started Real Foodology 10 years ago with the understanding that we just needed to get back to real food. Yeah. And so this is why I love your message of food is medicine. And I kind of wanted to ask you to explain that a little bit to my listeners. Like, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I think, um, you know, out of all the years that I've been a practitioner and I've been doing this, I'm, I've always been very passionate about organic. And I started Urban Remedy about 10 or 11 years ago. Well, maybe really 12 years ago, um, but full time, probably like 10 or 11. And I knew that I wanted to be certified organic right away. I was like, not even a question. And so I, I learned the hard way. You know, I had this little company and then I went through the organic certification project you know, um, project. And that was, it took so much time and so much money. And I never, ever knew that, you know, that it was going to be so difficult to do that. And now I, you know, years later, I understand there's like this weird, um, thing between like, there are people, there's companies that like do some organic, they say, Oh, we're organic. And they might do a few organic things. And it's rare to find companies that are hundred percent organic, which we are, which, um, which is part of like our integrity and commitment to the customer that you're never going to get food that's genetically modified or sprayed with glyphosate or things like that. Um, And I think I just went off on a tangent. Wait, tell me your question again. Oh, I love it. Oh, I just wanted you to talk about um, food as medicine, but I love, I want to dive into GMOs and glyphosate and all that too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, so when I look at health, um, like the, the, 
pieces that you need to be really healthy. You know, my message used to be really mostly around food and it still is. I mean, I think that's the foundation. Everything we put into our body creates a chemical reaction in our body. And in my opinion, you're either eating things that really cleanse your body or clog your body. I always try to keep it simple. Like ask yourself when you eat this meal, is it going to cleanse you or clog you? And it's okay to eat stuff that clogs you sometimes because we, you know, we love to eat delicious food. Um, (laughs) But I feel like food is like a very big piece of the puzzle. And then there's other things that are really important as well, like, you know, good sleep, being in nature, getting sunshine. And they're all, you know, really simple things that are free that, you know, we have the capability to incorporate into our lives. But I feel like, you know, as a society, we've gotten so busy, you know, just running around like if you're a parent, like just dealing with all your stuff with your kid or going to work and all this stuff. So we don't really take the time to sit and enjoy, you know, our beautiful organic food, take 20 minutes during your day or 10 and 10 minutes just to like sit and get the sun in your eyes and, you know, go for a walk in nature. These are the foundational things that actually, you know, help our bodies to do what they're meant to do, which is to be innately healthy. And so, so I think food is a really big part of that. So I think like yesterday, my son went to the neighbors and um, he came back with like some Trident gum and he was chewing it and it had like, you know, aspartame in it or something. And I was trying to explain to him without without making him feel weird and being weird about food. But like, this is why we don't chew this kind of gum. And so, um, you know, without creating a kid who's going to like, which he already kind of does. Sometimes we'll go to somebody's house. He's like, is that organic? And a part of me loves it. And I'm like, that's so great. And then I, and then I'm like, oh, people are going to think that it's a little weird, but um, it's part of just who we are. He's going to grow up and be so grateful for that. My mom loves to tell this story all the time. When I was a kid, one of my best girlfriends got Burger King like three to four nights a week. And I would just throw tantrums because I wanted Burger King. I really wanted the toys. I just wanted, you know, to have the chicken nuggets and whatever. Yeah. And my mom has always been really healthy. Like she was making every meal from scratch, buying organic before organic was even like really a thing. And now she loves to be like, aren't you glad that I, like I started you out right? And I'm like, you know, okay, I am, but you know, so he'll he'll grow up and be really And look grateful. at what you're doing you. now. Yeah. Exactly. Look, look, look at where it brought you. The, yeah. the good hippie moms. That's exactly. so cool. I know there's really a balance because, you know, we, and I think, you know, with everybody, you don't want to be too one way or the other because then it just makes your life really difficult, you know, but you want to, as much as you can eat, obviously organic. Like I, I don't, I pretty much just eat organic, but it's really hard. You know, I think like even going out to dinner, there's not a lot of places that you can go that serve that restaurants that are 100% organic, even here where I live, where, you know, we have a lot of farming and stuff around here. So I know, I mean, to be honest, that's the thing I find the hardest because I am, I'm very strict about what I bring into my home. Everything I buy is organic, mm-hmm. but when I want to go out to eat, you know, and I want to go out and spend time with friends and be social, it's pretty hard to find places that serve organic food, which is really upsetting. It is. I know yeah. it really is. And there's so many great restaurants and yeah, I'm always the person that goes to eat and I'll be like, um, can you, what kind of oil do you like fr- put your French fries in like for my son? And they'll be like, I have no idea because actually nobody talks about then most of the time it's like canola or, you know, some sort of vegetable oil, but to find, but I always like encourage people, like it's good to ask the questions and to ask that because the more that we ask, then the more the chefs are going to be like, oh, people care, you know, what you're frying in or what you're cooking in. And it's like, it's just like voting with your dollars. 
Exactly. It's so true. I tell people that too. It's like we want, we need to demand more and demand better from our food system. That's really yeah. how we start making change. I've noticed a huge shift in myself in the last couple of weeks. I don't know how else to explain it other than I just feel like my brain is on fire lately. And I mean that in a good way, not in like a, I need to go see a doctor way. I mean like my cognitive function feels like on point right now. My focus, my productivity, just overall, I feel like my brain is really working with all cylinders firing. The only thing that I can attribute it to that I have changed is I drink Magic Mind every single day now. Well, I should say, I should revise that. I drink it Monday through Friday because I give myself a break on the weekends because I don't work on weekends and I don't feel like I need to take it. But I've really noticed a difference because I will say the first time that I started taking Magic Mind, I would really just kind of take it when I felt like maybe I just needed to take it that day when I needed to have like a super productive day. But what I found is that when you take it more consistently, you see better results over time. And I have found that for myself. I really see the difference. If you're wondering what Magic Mind is, it is the world's first productivity drink. It's a little shot. It has matcha. It has some nootropics in it and some adaptogens. All really help with cognitive function, productivity, and just overall brain health. And I take this every single day alongside my morning coffee. If you guys want to try it, they gave me a code, Courtney Friends, and use that at magicmind.co, and you're going to get 40% off. Yeah. So yeah. you started talking about this, and I want to talk more about this. So let's talk about organic versus non-GMO and why we are so particular about organic food and, and why you believe so strongly in only serving organic food with Urban Remedy. Yeah. Um, I believe, I mean, one, it's just the cleanest food that you can get. And it's the one way that you can assure that what you're eating has the lowest amount of pesticides, if any pesticides on it. And it's a way to, um, like I said, vote with your dollars so that farmers can continue and to really help the earth and the soil, which is so important. Um, as we all know, I, you know, I started reading about GMOs you know, many years ago and got really interested in it. I've done um, some podcasts with Jeffrey Smith and he, and watched some of his films over the years and, and other people. And I just knew that I didn't want to eat anything that was genetically modified. I was like, I, I'm just not interested in this. And so it's been interesting, like going through like the whole labeling in California for GMOs and whatnot. And, and that really kind of, led me into like my research into like big ag and just um, how, you know, these chemical companies that were spraying, you know, selling glyphosate and creating a system of, of illness, you know, which related to what I was doing in my practice where, you know, I was treating people that would have an autoimmune disorder or some sort of an inflammatory disorder. And then once I moved them to organic food, um, and stopped the genetically modified food or the clogging food, the, the food that raises inflammation in the body, I would see people get better. So I was seeing that, you know, I was seeing it in my own little microcosm of my practice. And then as I did more research into the why, I started learning more about what it was doing to the earth and to the soil and, you know, how it was affecting the water systems and affecting, you know, the people that work on farms and that were picking the food that was sprayed with all of the stuff and the communities where this was happening. 
um, and how it's degrading our soil. And so, um, you know, I just feel like it's such a big, um, it's such a big topic and there's such a wonderful solution with organic and regenerative farming, which is, was, which is so easy. Um, but it's like, we got into this thing in the United States where we wanted to make food as cheap as possible. And it was like corn, soy, you know, and wheat and that are heavily sprayed. And it was like making as much processed crap as we could and then making, you know, the corn into corn syrup and then sweetening things with that. And then, you know, going into like telling everybody like eat a low fat diet, you know, eat this low fat diet, you know, make sure you're eating low fat and you're going to lose weight. And then everybody, you know, heart disease went up, cancer went up, diabetes went up. And so, yeah. And so, you know, I saw that in my practice and then was really learning about it you know, the whys and like delving deep into all of that and just realizing like, it's all just about profit and it's not about keeping people healthy and it's not a conspiracy theory and it's nothing like that. It's really just the way, unfortunately, you know, our country has kind of backtracked over the last hundred years. Um, so I just wanted to support a system that was going to, you know, support the health of, of people and the farms. And and help educate people on the subject because a lot of people, you know, don't even know, really understand it. And it's like, even when you talk about, like I did a podcast um, with Dr. Shade from the Organic Center and we were talking about organic and GMO and what's the difference. And and it's even like, you know, it goes into meat and I know you went into this when you um, interviewed Anya, but um, you know, it's like how the animals are treated or the dairy is treated and how like just by moving to like organic dairy, you can make such a big difference in your health if you eat dairy. You know, just by choosing organic eggs, it's like those that many chickens or cows won't won't have to suffer because if you're if you're choosing non-organic, most of the time the um way the animals are treated is so sad and so terrible. And so just, you know, not supporting yeah. that as well. Well, and I love to say this because it makes people squirm and it makes them think if you are buying conventional eggs, conventional dairy, conventional meat, you're buying meat and eggs from sick animals. Yes. It's really just, there's no other way to put it Yeah, because they're, you know, they're very in small confined areas. They're being fed GMO corn and soy, uh, which is only there just really to fatten them up. Oh, and then they're getting injected with hormones to also fatten them up. And then we're wondering why we're having all these health issues and why everyone's fattening up and getting autoimmune disorders and all this stuff. And it's, um, it's interesting because you can actually look if you Google this and I'll, I'll probably put this in the show notes, but when we started introducing GMOs into the, um, into the food landscape, as well as pesticides, you can basically look at a graph and see like the more we started using them, the rise of cancer, diabetes, autoimmune disorders, and the the funniest thing to me that I hear a lot of people say is, oh, well, with GMOs, we use, we use less pesticides. This could not be further from the truth, and it drives me nuts. Yeah. Because we, know, we now know that a lot of these genetically modified foods, like, for example, corn, actually contain the pesticide in the actual seed. Yeah, and it makes it so that you can spray a shitload, sorry for spraying, <laughs> a pesticide on it, and the pesticide's not going to kill it. It's just going to kill all the weeds and the soil and everything else around it. So there, so it creates dead life and dead soil. And yeah, and you can't wash it off. You know, that's where it gets really scary. And I totally agree with you. I mean, I think it's, it's difficult for me because I'm like you, like an activist around this. And I think a lot of people just want to eat and don't really want to 
think about that. But it is so important, you know, when you make your choices. And I, I hear so many people that say, oh, I only eat like grass-fed meat or I only eat, you know, whatever. But they really don't because a lot of it will be like, oh, you know, and they don't ask the right, they don't ask the questions. But I think like that is how we can really make changes by people asking the questions and really demanding or choosing places that, you know, just serve organic fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds and grains. And, and it's such a great, you know, I think also as a parent, um, you know, not exposing your children to, you know, all of those pesticides is so important because that's like, think about it, you know, I mean, it's, it's like all of the toxic burden that kids have, you know, starting now I was, my cousin's daughter just had Oh God, maybe I shouldn't tell the story. But anyway, she had a kid and I was like, is she eating organic baby food? And she's like, no, she just, I told her, but she doesn't believe in organic. And I was like, well, that's the one thing that's so important. And then it came out, I think just recently that a lot of the baby food had like arsenic or heavy metals and pesticides and all this stuff in it. And um, yeah, I think it's starting your kids on organic is critical and not non-GMO, but organic. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. So why, what is the difference for um, people listening between organic and non-GMO and why do you want to go for organic? Yeah. So non-GMO just means that the seeds used or the pro- depending on what it is, or the products used are not genetically modified, which is great. That is great. But it doesn't mean it's still sprayed with, you know, it could be sprayed with glyphosate and Roundup, it could be sprayed with, you know, a million of the toxic chemicals that are approved um, in the United States. Um, It doesn't have anything to do with animal welfare, which organic does. It, um, you can use like sewage sewage slush, you know, for part of the watering. Um, There's so many different things, but it's really, you know, it is, a lot of people think it's the same, but it's very different. Organic is definitely the highest standard if you want to eat clean food that's not sprayed with toxic chemicals. And a lot of times people, it's so interesting, like we'll post something about the difference between like organic and non-GMO. And there's so many people out there that want to like kind of fight it. And then are like, but in organic, you can still use, you know, this toxic pesticide. And you really can't unless you've gone through like it's very rare. And unless you've gone, you know, and tried all of the natural kinds, then there's like a 1% chance that you might have to use something. Never would it be glyphosate or something like that. Um, but there's a lot of people that try to hate on the the organic. It's very interesting. I know. It's so funny. And it's funny you bring that up because I was actually going to bring up that argument as well. Anytime I post about organic food and I'll say, you know, this reduces your exposure to toxic chemicals like pesticides, there's two arguments that I get from people. Either one, they'll say, well, every food is made of chemicals. So you're, you know, like you're being dumb. And I'm like, okay, well, but now we're, we're talking and and like nuances here. And then the other one is um, what you just said, where people are talking, but they're like, well, you still use pesticides in organic food. I'm like, well, of course you do. But there's a very small list that are allowed to be used in organic farming. And it's um, very rare. Yes. But yeah, I rare. mean, and everything is made up of some sort of chemicals. I mean, there's phytochemicals and there's antioxidants and all of those things. So I, So it's just, that's, it's just a way of kind of skirting the subject. But one thing that I have learned um, 
in my, I've been lucky enough to join um, some meetings with scientists from around the world about organics and GMOs. And um, there, there are real campaigns against um, researchers who are trying, who support organic or who are writing anything negative about, um, let's use glyphosate or Roundup as a really good example. You could Google glyphosate and like, you can see 20 or probably more studies come up on that there's, you know, there's no chance of it causing cancer, that it's totally safe. You could use it in your garden and spray it around. And if you look at who's done those research studies, it's usually funded by Monsanto. Monsanto. Yeah. But then, you know, now you look at, you know, 50 years later and there's been all these lawsuits where people have gotten cancer from exposing themselves to it. And so it's a it's a very um, divisive topic where you can search. It's very easy to back up your argument because there's so much there's so much information on both sides. And that's where you start to have to use critical thinking and just ask yourself, like, would I why would I even want to eat something that was sprayed with something like that if there's a possibility? So. When you choose organic, and I could say this by, you know, having a food company, it's really difficult because we have to, you know, they come in and you have to, to be certified. You, They come in and they don't tell you what they're testing and you, they literally trace every single ingredient back to the farm. So like every single ingredient you use in every single batch of every single thing that's made has to be traced to the farm that it's from. And that farm has to be obviously certified organic. And it's a very um, in-depth process. And and in some ways, it's a little bit sad because it makes it difficult for certain companies or farmers to be certified organic because it's you need a lot of people to manage the process. Um, But it is a very, I would say, as much as it can be, the most trustworthy option in terms of, you know, buying something that you want to be clean. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, every time this conversation comes up, I get so upset because I'm like, people shouldn't have to pay to prove that their food is healthy and clean. Exactly. They should be paying for poisoning people with the conventional produce and conventional food and all the stuff that we're spraying on it. Yes. Because coming back to what you said earlier, I think a lot of people just don't really understand. A lot of people don't really understand this is happening There's a lot of confusion because, like you said, you can find studies that back up any Mm -hmm. narrative that you want to believe. Um, But again, you brought this up, and I think it's a really great point to make, is that you've got to start using your intuition and start asking yourself, okay, but does this make sense? Like, let let me just scale this back for a second. Okay, I know I have studies on both sides, but would it make sense if I'm spraying something that we know is very highly toxic on food that it's probably not going to be super good for our bodies, you know? And and, and that's kind of where I'm at. Totally. And people don't realize, like, sometimes people go like, oh, I don't like that organic. And I'm like, well, what do you think organic is? And they'll be like, oh, you know, I don't know what they say, but it doesn't make sense. And I'm like, like, raw vegan or whatever, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, organic (laughs) is literally just the way we've been growing food since the beginning of time. It's like, usually it's on a system where there's, you know, multi different kinds of crops you know, that work together and, you know, where there's pollinators and, you know, it supports the system of nature, which we innately are anyway. And so when you're spraying these toxic chemicals, it's nothing that has ever been, you know, used in our history. And so these are things that we're learning the hard way that are poisoning our soil and poisoning people and and truly making us sick. And I, I would love to see that graph that you have. 
Oh yeah. I'll, um, I'll send it to you afterwards. Yeah. Cause that's a great, you know, that's just a really great way to just see. And even if you look at the rates of heart disease and diabetes and everything, well, if the low fat, you know, diet worked and eating you know, all of this processed corn store and wheat, then people, we should be having a reduction in cancer and heart disease and diabetes. But instead, you know, there's this big increase and it's really sad. Um, you know, just big agriculture and, and the sugar industry and, you know, the grain industry, um, you know, the effect it's really having on people's health because people think the standard American diet is, you know, a diet made of health. And you, I'm sure, you know, with your background, you know, look at the food pyramid, you know, that the FDA puts out. Oh God. You know, I know. it's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, at the top of the list, they say that you should have, I, I might get this number wrong, but I think it's like six to eight servings of grains and that's like on yeah. top. What? Okay. Yeah. And and not to mention all these grains that they're conventionally grown are being sprayed with glyphosate. Yes. I mean. And, and to not to mention like, and then how much money are they making on all of these crops, these huge crops, the biggest crops that we have in the United States. And isn't it interesting how like the sugar and the corn syrup and the grains, you know, you look at that how the FDA is so like intertwined with the um, big agriculture. And it's just a very, it's, yeah, it's not a system of health. No. And you know, what's so infuriating is that, you know, the conversation comes up a lot that eating healthy and eating organic is really expensive. But do you know why? I'm sure you know why, but I don't know if a lot of the listeners know why. The only reason that is, is because our government is literally subsidizing these super unhealthy foods, meaning that they pay farmers to grow more corn, soy, and wheat. And so that's why it's in literally everything. You can't pick yeah. up a box of food in the grocery store anymore without it having, it usually has that label and it says may contain soy, yeah. corn, and wheat. It's because we are paying farmers for that. And it's the only reason why these foods are cheaper. That's it. Yeah. Our government is literally paying for it. And it's well, so we are true. with our tax dollars. It's so true. I love your message. It's really good. You're talking my language. <laughs> I'm totally on the same page. Yeah, no, it's, it is, it is really, um, it's really, really sad. And I think, you know, the only way that we are finding our way out of this is by like, look at the growth of the organic industry. It's booming. And so there is something that's happening where people are understanding, you know, the benefits of organic. And that's why it's so important when you're going grocery shopping and buying stuff, something might be 25 cents more. Sometimes it might be a dollar more, but just think about what you're, you know, it's what you were just saying. It's like, you're not only investing in, in your own personal health, but you're investing in a change and making a change. And if you look at big companies that now have like Danon or, you know, General Mills or, you know, people like the, those co big companies, those companies now are investing in organic and, you know, General Mills is like helping some organic farmers um, turn organic and the meat part will fall into line. I feel like that, that is just a little bit behind, you know, like the fruits and vegetables and grains, but I think that part is so important as well. Yeah, it really is. And it's all, it's just so funny how it's all connected to, right? Because, and when you look at regenerative farming, and I've done a bunch of podcasts about that. Um, so if you're listening and you don't know what regenerative farming is, I would just refer to that. Actually, one of them was with your friend Anya. Um, but when you look at that, and when we try to go back to, essentially regenerative farming is like going back to nature. And 
the animals play a huge role in this too, because we need them um, as part of the whole ecosystem to really grow like good, healthy, organic food. And one of the most beautiful things about regenerative farming is that it, it just puts the animal back where they belong on the land, you know, grazing out in sunlight, eating as nature intended. Um, and I think that's such an important part of the conversation. And it's pretty mind blowing to me that we haven't made more progress in the animal industry because of how horrible we know that they are treated in factory farming. And I feel like everyone across the board agrees on this and how we haven't fixed it yet is I know it really is. I know they're just, I was just talking to somebody They're They're trying to change pig farming in California where I think they are even making the sale of pork illegal. If it doesn't come from like pasture raised, Pork. Yeah, I'm not sure. I need to look more into it, but I was just having that conversation. And I know we did that in California with chickens a year or two ago, but then I heard a lot of the chicken farmers just moved to Oregon or moved out of the state. So it needs to be, you know, more of like a national initiative probably. But um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. I think anybody who's interested in learning more about that, if they haven't seen Eating Animals. It's such a great film because it's not its not a vegan film. It's not a like anti-meat film at all. It's just talks about, um, you know, raising animals and factory farming and really educates extremely well on that. And so um, it's a little bit hard to watch, but it's very informative it without is. having a, a severe bias. And that's, uh, it's a book from Jonathan Safran Foer, right? Or is it a different um, person? That well, did it? this is a this is a film that I saw probably like three years ago, and one of one of urban one of our investors at Urban Remedy um, helped fund the film, and so I saw it, and I'll I'll send it to you. And I know it didn't get released. It, you can rent it, but um, yeah, I'll give you the information. The yeah, we'll put that in the show notes too, because I I read a book called Eating Animals, and that was. I mean, man, that was probably 10 years ago. And that's yeah. what really started me on this whole journey. Because what I realized is what, you know, it helped open my eyes to what we were doing to animals in this country. And I was like, okay, I do not want any part of this. And how do we fix it, you know? And and part of how we fix it, for people listening, is like you keep saying, you put, you vote with your dollars. You start buying organic meat. Um, I know it can be really expensive, but there are places that are selling it now. I know you can get it at Costco. I've seen organic meat at Walmart. I've seen it at Target. I've seen it at Trader Joe's. And even Whole Foods, and I was um, buying something. I don't. I personally don't really eat much meat, but I was looking on. I was buying something from Instacart, and I saw beef came up. And I always talk. I always ask Anya because I'm so curious, like about Whole Foods, and you know they have the different grades, one, two, three, and four, and they had like gra- pasture-raised grade four, which I think is the highest you can have, which is the best, and it was literally just 50 cents more than like the regular conventional. So it's really actually is not that much more expensive. I know. Yeah, it's true. I uh, I was doing this little like mini series on my podcast where I was remaking. Um, I need to do another one soon, actually. But I was remaking like really popular fast food meals with all organic food, and oh, cool. I was buying it from places that were super accessible. So instead of going to like Whole Foods or Air One or something like that, I was going to like Walmart or um, Ralph's or stuff like that because I wanted to really oh, make it accessible. That. Yeah, and I was really shocked. Like it was like what you just said. I could find organic grass fed beef for like yeah, it was like fifty cents to a dollar more than the conventional, and I ended up realizing that I was 
I could make all these like organic fast food versions of stuff for way cheaper than if you go through the drive through line. It's pr- yeah. it was pretty crazy. And it was all organic. Do you know we what just opened up at my house is the Amy's drive through. I don't think they have any down south, but um, it's so incredible. I mean, literally, it's 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 not you can't get meat, but you can get. My son loves the burgers. You can't even tell that they're not meat, and everything is organic. It's so incredible. They've done such a good job. Yeah, so we need to get more of those. I've heard of like little one offs around the country, but we need like somebody. That's, it's just a really good idea if somebody would open like a fully organic fast food. There's a couple little ones, but like a really big one. I know, but we need like something national. I know it's so yeah. cool. And for people listening that don't know, the the Amy's drive through is um, like those canned soups and the frozen meals and stuff that you can find at the grocery store. Yeah. They have a fast food place in NorCal. I've been meaning to go, actually. Maybe I'll, I'll come up and it's visit you and go. So good. <laughs> yeah, we'll go. It's right by my house. There's two. They have two locations, and it's so good. And there's always, like, a super line out the door or the, through the drive-thru. I wish we had and one it's, at home. Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, so I'm going to pivot just a little bit because I, okay. I want to talk about this because I feel like there's a lot of confusion around this. So I want to talk about juicing versus smoothies because I know you have both at Urban Remedy And there seems to be so much confusion around it because anytime people ask me, it's like this either or people seem to think like, oh, well, you should only juice or only have smoothies. So can let's talk about that a little bit, the difference and why you want to do both. So juices versus smoothies. I mean, in my opinion, I don't look at them in as the same category. And I think you know, we all have very different constitutions and different needs and different need states and our different, you know, phases of our health goals. And so it really depends on your health goal. Like sometimes juicing, and I've, I've just experienced it so many times, can be so incredibly healing for people. And usually the argument about juicing is, oh, I'm not getting fiber and I'm, you know, not getting, you know, and I'm so hungry and it's like all sugar, you know, and those are the things people say about juicing. Well, there are certain times or certain things we're going through if we have been exposed to like a toxic burden or if our bot like if our body's a poor detoxifier or something like that. There's times where like drinking a lot of green juice, it like rapidly infuses your cells with like vitamins and minerals and uh, hydration and it gives your digestion a break um, so that it can take a break to heal itself and take a little time to like reorganize and regenerate Um I, there's nothing like it, but I don't think that it should be something that you, you know, obviously you're not going to live off juice for the rest of your life, but it, it, it can play a very healing role. You know, I mean, even when my mom was pregnant with me, she got pneumonia and she didn't want to take any antibiotics or anything. And she literally just drank a ton of carrot juice and it went away. And so she, we always talk about that, which is funny that I have a company that does juice now. Um, but there are a lot of, you know, one of the things that I would use to treat people that had really bad acid reflux, um, or ulcers is cabbage juice. And so there's, there's a lot of like little, you know, if you really understand like the benefits and what's in each different fruit and vegetable, you can really, you really can use it as medicine. I mean, if you look at like even what the um, the medical medium with his celery juice, which I I can't drink that much celery juice, but um, I've heard of a lot of people though that it's really helped, and some people it hasn't, and some people it has, but there's nothing if it if it's if it works in your lane and you're doing it and you're seeing a reduction in inflammation, then like it's great for you, you know. And then with smoothies, I think smoothies are great. Um, 
you know, it's a great way to like have a nutrient dense, you know, food item, you know, that you can put like all different kinds of like healing powders and adaptogens and protein and, you know, blueberries and things like that. I mean, I think sometimes, um, smoothies can end up being, can be extremely sugary. Um, but I think it just depends again on like what the person's goals are. Like it might be great for somebody that really needs to gain weight. Um, or you can do like a low glycemic smoothie and it could be something that balances your blood sugar. You know, I think it just depends on the person, but I usually, when I'm doing smoothies, just probably because I'm an acupuncturist, I try not to make them too cold. Um, even our smoothies at Urban Remedy, like I'll get one and I'll let it sit out just for like 10 minutes, just so it's not freezing cold because it's a little bit easier to digest. Um, but I love juices and smoothies and they're so easy when you just, when you're hungry and you're just, you either don't have time to make a meal or you're on the run. It's like a, a great way to like have some nutrient density into your diet. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And I agree with everything that you said, because that is kind of the biggest argument is people say like, oh, well, in juices, you don't have fiber. And I'm like, well, but, you know, the, for me, I've always told people that you want to do both, you know? Um, yeah. Because with the juices, you are literally flooding your body with so much nutrients because the way I try to explain it is I'm like, think about how many vegetables go into one juice. You would never be able to consume all of that in a day. Yes. And yes. so you're just flooding your body with all this nutrients that you otherwise wouldn't be exposed to. And then with the smoothie, then you're getting the fiber and you're getting everything else in there. And it's more of like a meal. It's super nourishing because you're not going to be able to make a meal out of the juice. And so I'm always like, it's not either or, it's both. Totally. And if you're like, if you have a cold or you're going through something and you do drink a lot of carrot juice, it will have a higher amount of sugar, but you're getting so much beta carotene and vitamin A to boost your immune system. So you have to look at like the medicinal benefits versus what you might be worried about, which would be like sugar content or, um, you know, the lack of fiber. But it's like, you know, if you, the main thing is, is like any, in my opinion, like anything that you eat, you don't want to just do one thing. So you don't want to just do juice or do smoothies. It's like, really, there's so many amazing foods. And if you're eating seasonally, you know, in the winter, in the fall, you might eat more root vegetables. And in the summer, you're going to eat more like watermelon and cucumber and things that are cooling. And it's like, you know, eating what's local and in season and all different kinds of things, like a little bit of grain is fine, you know, you know, not to be scared of the different kinds of foods. And I'm, I'm not into fads and, you know, like keto or low carb or, you know, or lectins or, you know, there's, you could get so, I've seen so many people get so into one way of eating and it just makes eating not fun. You know what I mean? And not enjoyable. And then you have a lot of fear around eating and, We've had people call and email Urban Remedy and say, you guys use lectins. And if you don't stop using lectins, like I'm, you're going to be sued. You're killing people. And I'm like, oh, what? You know, there's, oh yeah. No, a few people have done that. It's really interesting. Um, but I do think for some people, like not eating lectins really works for them. But for other people, it doesn't. But it's just like, you could get so into all these different things. So I don't really, my whole thing is like eating colorful fruits and vegetables and whole whole grains and foods that have different colors and textures and foods that you enjoy and you love the taste of. And like, that's what eating's about. And if you're doing that, then you're, you know, you're getting everything that you need in your diet. I agree. Oh, I love that. I'm so glad that you brought that point up because I'm very similar. Um, I, I don't really subscribe to any sort of diet. I mean, I'll, you know, kind of dip my toes into like paleo and keto and stuff, but dipping my toes in meaning like I'll have like a 
keto cookie or something. It's not like I follow it. Yeah. Um, but I feel the same way because also like I have found at least personally in my own life that the more I restrict and I don't allow myself to have certain things, the one, the more miserable I am. And two, then the more I just want those things, you know? And so I'd rather just, for me, it's more like, okay, did nature give this to us? Cool. Then it's a green light for me, you know? Yeah. And that's where, yeah, like back to our ability to heal. It's like, when we try to do these like biohacking things and all of these things, which are so popular now, in my opinion, like you don't have to hack, like your body doesn't want to be hacked. Like your body really just wants like gentle, loving, nurturing, like food, like I was saying, clean air and water and exercise. That's, that's like just a gentle foundation that you give your body where your body can be this healing machine, your body already is a healing machine. So you're just like giving your body what it needs. you like, you don't have to be so hard on your body. You know, you don't have to exercise so hard. Like you need movement, but you don't have to push yourself to you're exhausted and you're, you know, wasting away. It's like, you're, it's like everything that we need is there. Um, so for people that are listening, who are just kind of starting out and they're kind of struggling where to begin and they're really intrigued by food as medicine and they want to get better. What would be some, maybe some tricks or tips you could give them or kind of tell them where to start? Yeah. So I think that if you're somebody that doesn't feel good, if you're somebody that's in dis-ease or disharmony in your body, you have a chronic illness, um, or you just plain old feel tired or foggy or whatever, um, it's kind of the principles, principles I was just talking about. If you can, you know, give yourself two weeks and choose all organic food, like we were talking about. So everything's certified organic. Um, and if you take two weeks and really remove all the processed stuff, so like the white sugar, the white flowers, the cereals, cookies, crackers, and all that kind of stuff, and just eat like a whole foods diet. I mean, which is such a delicious diet. Like you could have purple sweet potatoes and you could have, if you eat meat, just choose like organic grass fed or eggs, and then just eat a lot of colors. I always tell people, just make it really simple. Go to the grocery store. And try to get the rainbow of colors like raspberries or red radishes and um, like orange peppers or sweet potatoes and yellow peppers and or yellow apples. And, you know, you could keep going on blueberries and try to just really eat the most colorful foods. Those are the most nutrient dense foods for your body. And those foods also help to heal your body. They're high water content. And so they help your body get into the healing phase. And then also... You know, so it's eating a nutrient-dense plant-based diet where you're mostly eating plant foods, but you can incorporate, you know, if you need extra protein or that's a part of your diet, then, you know, that's great. And then um, I also would cut out dairy the first two weeks just because it tends to be inflammatory for some people and gluten. Um, and then, you know, make sure you're drinking clean water. Um, that's really important. Like try not to drink water out of plastic. And, you know, I'm I think mineral water is the best water for you or spring water. And then, you know, make sure you're going to bed early and getting a really good night's sleep because that's when your body truly heals itself and regenerates and restores all its systems and detoxifies. And so just try to go to bed a little bit earlier and make sure you're sleeping. I mean, that's really critical to health. And then moving your body, even if you go on a 20-minute walk, you know, just you know, especially like going outside and walking in nature and just like looking at beauty, you know, just staring at beauty helps to rewire our brain and to be more positive and, you know, 
experience gratitude. And so, you know, if you have time to like go walk in nature, just sit in nature, just listen to the birds chirping. And I, and I don't mean this in like a hippy dippy esoteric way. Um, you know, I mean, it's really part of who we are as humans is, you know, we are nature. And so just, you know, as we're finding out like the trees and all of the roots of trees and the mycelium, they all talk to each other. There's like a whole world in nature that we're a part of. And um, so just going into nature and, and or going and sitting on the beach and just listening to the ocean, those are things that help our body regenerate and heal. And again, all the things I'm mentioning are free besides buying your food. Um, incorporating these simple principles into your life can really radically and drastically change your life in a pretty short amount of time. So that's why I always say food is so important and it is how we feed our body and get our energy. But if you're just eating all, and you could eat organic and eat really unhealthy, you could eat organic and being eat all processed food, but it's organic. And then you won't be having the glyphosate and as much pesticides, but you're still eating highly inflammatory food. So it's looking at the the types of food that you're eating. So you want to eat food in its natural state as much as possible. Um, And then, you know, back to what I just said, if you're eating an organic diet, but you're super busy and stressed out, you're not sleeping, you're drinking coffee in the morning for your energy, you don't feel good, you're tired, you're irritable, your cycles are, you know, not regular, you have PMS, those are all signs that your body is not in harmony. And so you can easily change those processes. Um, And it's, it is very simple, but in our lifestyle, it is difficult you know, to make time to do those things. But those are the things um, that I've found um, that are the simplest things actually are the, the things that help to heal us um, at a deep level. And our bodies are capable of healing. I mean, we're taught in the society that it's normal to get cancer and it's normal to have diabetes. And like everybody knows somebody that has X, Y, or Z. And guess what? Your body... You you don't have to have those disorders. You don't have to have inflammatory, chronic inflammatory disease. Like your body is capable of healing beyond anything that you've ever dreamed. And so, and it's easy to do it once you start doing it, but it is difficult in the modern society that we live in. But I always like, I just think it's important to mention that because I think, you know, with all the TV commercials and everything about drugs, like we've kind of come into this place in our society where we think it's really normal to be sick. And so I try to remind people it's actually really normal to be healthy and that's our birthright, you know. I love that. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, like you said, there's a, now in this country, there's a pill for every ill. Yeah. And we've gotten so disconnected from nature. We've gotten so disconnected from our innate, uh, you know, our innate body, our ability to heal, our body's ability to heal. And um, yeah we've become so disconnected from ourselves and from nature. And um, what was I saying? Oh, I was just saying that, you know, when I traded in my workouts for hikes every day, it really made a difference in my life. Um, Just exposing myself to the outdoors every day. And and now it's a priority. I mean, I do it every single day, no matter what, I go outside for at least an hour and I walk my dog. That's so, doesn't it make such a difference? I have a tree that I love to go sit under and I just go sit under this beautiful tree. And it's like, when I do it, it just, feels so good. And I'm like, God, I just feel like I get recharged. Yeah, you do. And we really do. We get recharged from just exposing ourselves and being in nature, you know, exposing yourself to it. Uh, so this brings me to my last question, actually, that I ask everyone. 
So what are your health non-negotiables? Meaning no matter how busy you are, you prioritize these things to make sure that your health is in order. So for example, for me, I go on my hikes every day and it's like non-negotiable. I go every day. Yeah. Um, for me, it's my non-negotiable. Well, I only eat organic. So that is a non-negotiable for me. Um, even if I go out to eat, I am, that's, you know, a hundred percent. And I, it changes for me over time, depending on kind of where I'm at. But right now, my non-negotiables are spending some time in nature. And sometimes I, I get really busy with work and being a mom and I, I don't, I don't do it every single day, but I do it at least every other day. And so being in nature, I just feel better. And you know what I've been doing lately also is um, making sure that I'm getting my vitamin D and getting sunshine. So like this morning, I woke up and the the sun was rising and the sky was all pink. And I just went and sat in the sun and watched that. And it was, I felt so good all day today. It's just such a great way to start your day. And I really do try to get good sleep. You know, I try to go to sleep on time and as much as I can, because sleep is so critical to not only our mental health, but our physical well-being. And so, yeah, I would say sleep, eating organic, being in nature. I, you know, I, my other non-negotiable is drinking clean water. Like I get this water, um, called live water. It's a spring, sorry. It's a spring water, um, that I really like where it's like raw. So it's clean water and where I live, unfortunately, like today, there's not clean air because it's all smoky, but, um, clean water, organic food, sleeping and spending time in nature. I think those are like my foundational things. And, you know, I've gone through times where I've, you know, like studying functional medicine and being an acupuncturist and, you know, where I'll take a lot of supplements. I'm like, oh, I need to take this, this, and this. And, and then I've noticed sometimes where I've stopped all of that and just done my foundational pieces, I actually feel better. Like I don't, you know, it's really easy to get caught up in having to take stuff to feel better. But what I've learned recently is by sleeping well and being in nature and eating clean food and being in the sun, that really gives me pretty much everything that I need to feel better or feel good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, for everyone listening, where can they find you? We're at urbanremedy.com. It's our website. And we have um, stores across California, but we're also national. So we have kiosks nationally on the East Coast. We're in New York and Washington, D.C. and the Northwest. And all of our locations are listed on our website, which is urbanremedy.com. And then we also you can also order online as well. Cool. Well, thank you so yeah. much for coming on. This has been such a great episode. Thank, thank you. you so much. It was so, I'm so nice to meet you. And I want to stay in touch because I feel like well, there's more oh, stuff yeah. we can do with our similar interests. Yeah. I fully agree. Yeah, I would love that. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. If you liked this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let me know. This is a resident media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Chris McCone. The theme song is called Heaven by the amazing singer Georgie, spelled with a J. Love you guys so much. See you next week.